Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. God, we thank you that we serve a big God, that we serve a God that is unstoppable that lord when you say something god you will come through and that when you say something lord that we can trust that you will move mountains that you will stop at nothing to to love your children to to show us your true promises god we thank you jesus that you are so faithful we thank you god that you are going to go forth and that your word is going to to pierce our hearts today god we thank you that there is nothing that is impossible god we thank you that you are here today lord i pray right now that you would begin to move on our hearts god that you would begin to to open us up lord that you would begin to help us to see what you want us to see as we walk through scripture together as one God as we walk through and we study who you are God we we thank you Lord that you are going to do what only you can do in Jesus name we pray amen good morning you may be seated all right well I am not Ryan as you can see Although I did wear a flannel today because I'm beginning to think that you, um, you have to around because uh, Ryan wears a flannel like basically every single day. And so, um, but that's kind of his, his trade look. So, but um, we are, are finishing up our series called What Do You Have to Lose? And I think that this series has been um, an, an awesome series. I've loved every single one of them because it's not at all what the direction that we thought it was going to go. <laughs> and as, as Ryan was talking to me about it and kind of going over, you know, the direction at the beginning of, um, of the series, the direction that he thought that the Lord was going to take him, it literally has changed every single week. But I think that's the beauty of, of listening to the Holy Spirit and, um, and being sensitive to what God wants to speak. And so it's been really interesting because every single week that um, we've talked about something, we've walked through it as a family. And so um, it's, been, it's been a great uh, few weeks, and the Lord has definitely, um, he's definitely proved himself faithful in, in our lives, and, I'm, and I, we know for a fact in many other lives, getting um, just testimony after testimony of what the Lord is doing and how he is opening things up and how he is healing people. It's really, it's really a great thing. Um, and so we, we wanted to wrap up this month, the month of January, which, can I be honest, January is the worst month of the year, right? Like, it is just, it's so it's so slow. And it's just like you're after the holidays and then, you know, you're ready for spring. And today really feels like spring. But we're wrapping up January, thankfully, after the 17th week of January. And um, we are getting ready to walk into a season of fasting and prayer. And we do this at the beginning of the year, every year, since, um, since we've been here. So for the last uh, two years. And, um, we, we are 
going to prepare our hearts for what God has for us in fasting and prayer. And, um, and you may be familiar with fasting and prayer. This may be your one millionth time doing it. This may be something that you do on a regular basis. We walk through as a, uh, as a couple, we walk through fasting and prayer multiple times throughout the year. Um, and so we are doing it corporately as a church. And so it's really awesome to be able to be on the same page, praying for some of the same things as a church corporately. Um, but basically, this may be your first time uh, fasting and praying, and you may not really have much of an idea of what that is. And, and basically, it's just um, taking away something that a lot of people fast. Uh, they fast food. Some of them do the Daniel fast, which is basically just um, uh, vegetables and, and like just seeds and things like that, the Daniel fast. And then some people do um, may not be able to fast food, and so they may fast something else. They may fast coffee. They may fast TV. They may fast, you know, sweets. I, I don't know, something that you're basically giving up to spend more time with God. The goal is to spend more time with the Lord and to really get alone with him and to really um, hone in to what he is trying to speak to you as an individual. And um, I've noticed that every time we fasted in prayer, we got pushback. Can, can anybody testify to that? It seems like, I think like the last time we as a couple fasted and prayed, Ryan's car broke down the very first day. I was like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Like, if it's going to be like this, let's just stop right here. Um, thankfully, we got it fixed, so the Lord came through with that like in, like two hours later. So I kind of panicked a little bit, but um, it, was, it ended up being okay. But I've, I've noticed that when you try to get closer to God, the enemy pushes, and he pushes back so hard. And sometimes it's, it's worse. Actually, most of the time it's worse when you're fasting and praying because he's know that there, he knows that there's something specific in your life where you want God to, to, to change the situation or you want God to hear you or you want to be honed in on the, the voice of the Holy Spirit just a little bit more. And so he's going to do whatever he can to, to drown out that noise. And so I'm not going to give you... I'm not going to give you ideas of what you should fast and pray. That is something, or, or fast, that is something up to you. And, and you know where you are health-wise, whether you want to fast food or, or something else completely different. But um, we encourage you, we're going to start it uh, tomorrow, the very first day of February. And we're going to go for 21 days. So for the next three weeks, we'll be... Um, really digging into to what God has for us as a church, as a whole, and to what God has for you. And so I encourage you, um, we, we kind of mentioned this last week, and so if you've been thinking about it this week, or maybe you're like, I literally forgot to think about it, which is, happens to me a lot. Um, but if you go, as you go throughout the day, okay, Lord, what do you want me to give up? What is distracting me? You know, what, what is something that is... Um, that is, is grabbing my attention to where I can put the attention towards you, spending more time in prayer, spending more time studying the Bible, something that, that I can give up that will, that will allow me to, to really seek your face and to really hone in on what you have for me to say. And so as, as, um, 
As the day goes out through today and um, as you jump on board, we, we would love for you to do the full 21 days, but if there for, there's some reason why you can't or anything like that, hey, I know you're going to be blessed by it. I know the enemy's going to fight you tooth and nail about it, but you're also going to be blessed about it because God, um, God is going to show up. And we are excited to know and to see the, the prayers that are going to be prayed and the answers that God, that God is going to answer. So with that being said, we are going to talk about Abraham. And we are going to be in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, and I am reading in the NLT. And um, I love, I love this story about Abraham. It's so rich, and there's, and, and there's so much that we could talk about in this. And, um, and, and we are going to dig in as, uh, as far as we can with the, with the time that we have. And I will warn you, I, I tend to be a little bit more uh, quick than Ryan. And so if we get out a little bit early, um, you're welcome and um, I hope you enjoy your brunch because basically it's not going to be lunchtime yet. Um, but, what, you know, what the joke is, you beat the Baptist to the restaurant. <laughs> so, um, anyways, I don't know if that's true or not. I never really understood that. Maybe I was supposed to be Baptist. All right, let's read. Genesis 22. Sometime later, Abraham, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love very much, and go to the mountain of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Okay. Abraham's one and only son, the one son that he prayed for. Get a hold of what God's asking him to do. The next morning, Abraham got up early, saddled his donkey, and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for the fire, or wood for a fire for a burnt offering, and set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham said to the servants. The boy and I will travel a little far, further. We will worship there. And then we will come right back. Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and a knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? The Lord will provide for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, Don't, do not hurt him in any way, for I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld even from even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he took the ram 
and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in, a pla- in the place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yerah, which means the Lord will provide. On this day, people still use the name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will, carry, I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, and your descendants will conquer cities of their enemies, and through their descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. And then they returned to the servants and traveled back to Bathsheba, where Abraham continued to live. God, we thank you for your word, God, because your word is true, and it's, we stand upon it, God. I pray right now that you would um, open up our minds, make things clear to us, Lord, and that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have a lot going on here. We have Abraham and Sarah, and if you remember, Abraham and Sarah prayed and prayed and prayed for a son, and the Lord gave them the son, so he gave them Isaac. And so Abraham and Sarah are, are essentially, they're standing on their promise right now, that God had promised them, and that God had fulfilled his promise. And so... Here we have uh, God speaking to Abraham and, and telling him to go do this, to go sacrifice his, his only son. The one thing that Abraham and Sarah wanted so badly, the one thing that, that they prayed for, the one thing that God promised them for, and then, he, and then he, he gave it to them. And then now he's asking him to sacrifice them. And I think that um, it's just kind of an, like, it's just so interesting because it says the next morning Abraham got up and he left. He went, like, without question. It would have been like, if, if God would ask me that, I'm like, are you sure? Like, is this really something that you want me to do? But it doesn't say that Abraham fought God on it. It just says that he got up and he left. He just, he just went. And so he, he's going and, and he's this whole time, like I can't even imagine what's going through his mind. If there's anything going through his mind, maybe Abraham just truly and fully trusted, okay, God, whatever, whatever you want. And going and leading basically his son to slaughter, preparing everything. He goes down to preparing everything in order that you would prepare for a sacrifice, fully intending on going and sacrificing his only son. And, you know, I, I, first of all, I thank God that we don't do sacrifices anymore, um, I thank God that, that we don't have to, to do that, to speak to him and him to speak to us and, and all of the things that require sacrifice. I'm so thankful to God. But what I want us to understand today and what I want us to get is what do you have to lose to lay it all out? As we're getting ready to go into a fast, what do we have to lose to lay it all out before the Lord? To say, okay, even the most important things in my life, I'm going to give you. Even the most, um, the things that I struggle with, I'm going to give you. Just laying it all out before the Lord. And, the, and, and when we see that um, Abraham, he's going he's gonna to lay it all out before the Lord. He's going to lay his promise. He's going to lay what God had asked him to lay down. He's going to lay it all out before the Lord. And, and, and pray and hope and understand that God is still good even when it hurts. 
that God is still good even when we have to do hard things. And understanding that God is good because God gave him the promise. He fulfilled the promise. And, and I truly believe that the Lord, he was testing Abraham. He was trying to see how, how his obedience was, how, how dedicated he was to the Lord. If there was something that he loved so, so much, the one thing that he loved so, so much was his only son. Was he willing to sacrifice it? Was he willing to give it up? So the first thought I want to give us today is God will ask you to sacrifice. Sometimes it's little things. Sometimes it's really big things. For Abraham, this was a really big thing. This was his only son. This was the son that was promised to him. This was the son that, that, that they, that, I mean, is a miracle. They're in their old age. This, he is a miracle child. And God will ask us to sacrifice. And as we go into a fast, as we're going and praying, okay, God, what do you want me to lay all out before you? God's going to give you some hard things. And he's going to ask you to trust him and to be obedient in hard things. And it's going to be hard. I don't, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want us to be like, oh, man, walk out discouraged. Because I know that God is going to do something when he gives us his, when we give him our hard things. God says, yes, I know, I know they're hard, but I have so much better and I have a plan. So when we give him those hard things that we are just really either things that, that are really holding on to us, or things that maybe mean a lot to us. You know, I'm not saying like God's going to say, hey, go give away your car. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, he might. But, I mean, don't put it past Ryan. He would literally give away his car. Which, if you want an old Toyota Camry, <laughs> you can have it. I mean, the kids crawl on all over it. The paint comes off. I'm pretty sure I saw the uh, hubcap down the road a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> it's... It's literally, uh, it's, it's, it's a great car. It's Toyota. They run the best. But I'm saying that God's going to give you hard, he's going to ask you to sacrifice hard things. And it may be even something where you question, is this God? Is it God? And more than likely, yes, it is. Because when God asks you to to sacrifice hard things, it's because it's got a hold on you that sometimes you may not know about, and there are some times where you definitely know it has a hold on you. And what God is wanting us to do is he, he's wanting to sift through our life and to find the places in our life where we're just kind of holding on to. It may be a relationship we're holding on to, it may be a promise that God is, is that, that we feel like God has given us. I'm not saying let go of those promises. I'm saying lay it out before the Lord and see what he does. It may be a job we're holding on to. It may be a security and a spouse that we're holding on to. Because what I mean by that is sometimes we get lost and, and, and we find our security in someone else instead of finding our security in who God is and what he says he can do. And so without hesitation, without hesitation, Abraham did it. 
He did it. He said, okay, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to do it. He, he prepared the way. He, he did everything. And he, he was going with full intention to sacrifice his one and only son. And sometimes when we go and God asks us to sacrifice something in our life, it's to let us grow spiritually. Because there are things that we need to lay down before the Lord before we can go any deeper with him. There are things that, that are, that's going to be in our life where, where we need to say, okay, God, I want to go deeper with you, but I need to lay this down. I need to sacrifice this in my life. So as we go through a spiritual discipline in and, and fasting, and fasting is not going to make you any uh, more holy. It's not going to make you um, any more, uh, God, so much more proud of you. I do believe that there is a, um, I do believe that the Lord smiles on the act of obedience of fasting and prayer. I do believe that. It's not like you're going to fast and pray and get to heaven much sooner. Um, I pray that's not the case. Um, but as we fast and pray as a spiritual discipline, we're being obedient to what the Bible tells us. Because the Bible says that some things only come to those with that, through fasting and prayer. And so we're being obedient to what the Word of God says. And, we, and we, when, as we become obedient, I believe that it declutters our heart, it declutters our mind, and God looks down and He sees that obedience. And he's pleased with it. God's always going to be pleased with you. You're his kid. Even when you mess up, he's going to be pleased with you. But I believe that there is a level of, of that, that he gets to where he says, yes, thank you. This is what we needed. This is what we needed to move forward in our relationship. This is what we need to follow God it requires sacrifice, and it's going to look different for each and every one of us, but we have to be willing to lay down the things that God wants us to lay down, to sacrifice the things that God wants us to sacrifice. To go through, as Abraham went through, preparing everything and getting ready, and whether or not God really asks us to sacrifice that, are we willing I, I believe that is a huge thing right here with, with God testing Abraham's obedience. Just, I mean, the whole passage is him saying, just basically saying, are you willing to do this for me? So are we willing to go to extremes for God? Are we willing to step out and to lay it all out and say, what do I have to lose? Because as we begin to, to dive into this fast, and as we begin to, to look and see what God really wants us to give up, it's going to be hard, it's going to be rewarding, it's going to be great, but are we willing to do it without a kicking and screaming? Are we willing to go forth and say, okay, God, this is controlling me, and you have to help me get through this, but I'm willing to do it. The second thing that I want, us to talk, I want to leave us with is God wants our obedience. God wants our obedience. Obedience is defined as compliance with an order, request, or a law, or submission to another's authority. So when we re recognize the authority that God has in our lives, it should automatically want us to be obedient. It should automatically want us to say, okay, 
God, you do have all authority in my life. So, yes, I am going to be obedient to what you're asking me to do. God asked and was testing Abraham and his level of obedience to see the authority, whose authority was in Abraham's life. Was it God's authority or was Abraham working out of his own authority? Our level, level of obedience to God is tied to our relationship with God. Our level of obedience to God is tied to our relationship with God. If we are going to be surface-level Christians, if we're going to be Christians that say, people that say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but nothing on the outside is changing and nothing on the inside is changing, that's not really a relationship with the Lord that's claiming a religion, basically. And so... Our obedience is tied to our relationship with God because when you get deeper into your relationship with God, and, and many of us know this because many of us know how God works and many of us have been faithful enough to see God's faithfulness, but as you get into your relationship with the Lord deeper and deeper, it's going to require much more obedience, right? Because it's going to require that we do things that we think are really crazy and the Lord's like it's not crazy it's just me and and the level of obedience that we have is going to reflect on the authority that's in our life Abraham was tested God wanted Abraham's obedience he asked him to do something that was crazy I mean how many of you think that it's crazy that God asked him to sacrifice his only son. I mean, and, and Abraham knew, he was not like unfamiliar with sacrifices. So he was like, okay, how do we do this? We get the wood. I carry fire some way. I'm assuming like on a stick. I don't know. When I was reading this, I was like, how do you carry fire? And then he, I was like, oh yeah, probably with a stick. It was a blonde moment. So um, I literally imagine Abraham like carrying a bundle of fire. Um, but... He knew what went into the sacrifice. He knew that there needed to be wood for the burnt offering. He knew that he needed a knife. He knew, and even Isaac knew. Isaac knew what went into sacrifices. Isaac questioned, Father, where, where's the lamb? Where's the ram? What, what are we going to sacrifice? If Abraham would have been like, you, son, I'm going to sacrifice you. <laughs> like, that would not have gone over well. But... It's funny his response, so it's funny Abraham's response because Abraham said, the Lord will provide. So what's he teaching Isaac in that moment? Isaac is saying, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham is saying, trust God for the sacrifice. The people around us are watching how we respond to certain situations. Whether it's our kids whether it's our spouse, whether it's our coworkers, our parents. It could be anybody. It could be your grandchildren, anybody. And they're asking us or they're seeing how, how we respond to certain situations. And I think it's so interesting here how Abraham took this moment and he teached Isaac, God will provide. So Isaac is... Literally just going with his father, fully trusting him, 
fully trusting his father and trusting that his father knows what to do and that his father, that his, his heavenly father is going to provide the sacrifice. So going on, Abraham is going with the obedience. He's got the wood. He's got the fire. He's got the knife. He's got the servants and the donkey. They're going. He's, he's going. He's going and not even knowing where he's going. Remember, God said, I will tell you when you get there. So Abraham is going, trusting, okay, God, you're going to tell me when, you're going to tell me where, you're going to tell me when to stop, you're going to tell me all these things, and trusting in the back of his mind, like, I'm about to kill my son. Here I go, I'm about to kill my son. And, and uh, can you do this, Abraham? Yes, you can do this because God has been faithful to you. You know his faithfulness. So yes, God will provide. God will provide, Abraham. You can do this going on through his mind, walking up there, and God says, stop, this is it. Game time. It's obedience time, Abraham. What are you going to do? God will provide, Isaac. God will provide. Continuing, building the altar, going about as, as normal as he can, thinking in his mind, God, you're faithful, you're faithful, I'm laying it all out before you, I'm laying my one and only son before you, you're faithful, God, you are faithful, God will provide. Which leads me to my third thought, when we lay it all out, God will provide. Abraham picked up the knife in verse 10 through 17. Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. And then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. God will provide when we lay it all out. He went as far as taking the knife over his son, trusting that God's going to provide. He has the knife over his son, about to bring it down, and then stop. And I'm pretty sure at that moment he either peed his robe or was like, whew, thank you, Jesus, or God, you know, because at that moment, he's like, I'm about to do this. And, and God stopped him at the very last moment. All the time, the one thing that Ryan says to me all the time is at just the right time. So we'll be praying for something. I'm like, God, Ryan, why hasn't this happened? At just the right time, God will provide. At just the right time. And so we may think and we may want it a little bit earlier or we may want it a little bit uh, faster. We want it to happen faster, but at just the right time. Do you think that God would have been pleased with Abraham if, if during the middle of their journey they would have been, God would have been like, okay, Abraham, you can go home. Like, this is far enough. I really believe that God really wanted to test him to his core. I believe that God wanted him to say, can I trust him with what's about to happen in the future? Because what's about to happen is going to lead to Jesus. So can I trust him with this? Because Abraham didn't know. Abraham didn't know what the future held. He didn't know, he didn't know that, that, that his line's going to be the lineage of Jesus. That he didn't know that all of these things were going to come to pass. He didn't know. He, just, he was just trusting God. 
But yet we get to look back at it 2,000 years later and see, wow, this is so cool. We get to see the timeline that God chose to use. And, and, the, and, the, and through Abraham's obedience, we get to see the timeline. And we get to see all of these miraculous things that God did. All of the faithfulness that God was. Abraham, did he see it? No, he died. And his wife died. And, and they didn't get to see everything that happened, but I guarantee that they know what happened because they are with God. But it's so cool that when we lay it all out, at just the right time, God provides. Whatever that may be, at just the right time, God provides. And it says that, it says, the angel said, do not hurt him in any way. For I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld your son, even your only son. He didn't, he didn't hold anything back. He laid it all out before the Lord. And I know that God was so pleased with that. Because I know that when, when God looks at us, he sees his kids. And, and, and he sees his precious created beings that, that he loves so, so much. If he didn't love us so much, then he wouldn't go through all this trouble for us. I mean, you know, it's like when you love your kids so much and, and you would do anything for them even when they're a brat. <laughs> you would do anything for them even when they're not doing what you say. You would do anything for them even, even though you may be disappointed in their choices and in their mistakes. You would do anything for them. And so Abraham, God, God sees Abraham. He's looking at him and he knows how much it's going to hurt to kill Isaac. It's going to hurt. You know, it's not like Abraham's going to be like, yeah, sure, I can just make another one. Like, he's old, right? Like, it's, he's passed those, he's waited for so long for this to happen. He's, it's not just going to happen like that again. It, Isaac was a miracle. And, and Abraham, he, God knows that this is going to hurt Abraham if he does it. It's going to hurt him to sacrifice him. But, but his love for God is way more than his hurt for sacrificing his son. Abraham's love for God was unshakable. It withheld even the toughest test that God could throw at him. And then it said that Abraham looked up and, and he saw the ram. And then Abraham named this, this mountain, this place, which still holds true. It says, the Bible says that it still holds true today. It says that on the mountain, the Lord will provide. And then the angel goes on to tell Abraham that um, this is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and, and, and have not held with even your son, your only son, I swear by my name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Like the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore, your descendants will conquer cities of their enemies. So out of God's obedience came blessing. I don't know what blessing is tied to your obedience. It can look a, a, like very different for very many people. Only God knows what blessing is tied to your obedience. But the one thing that I want you to understand is there is a blessing tied to your obedience. There is. And whether that is in the mind, that is a, a, a blessing and a, and a shift in the mind of, 
of understanding and knowing God's goodness and his faithfulness and who he is, or whether that is a physical blessing. I don't know. Only God knows that. But it's tied to your obedience. It's tied to how you are obedient to him. It's tied to are you going to be faithful in the little so God can give you more. It's tied to are you going to be faithful right now at this moment and this time so God can continue to use you. It's tied to your blessing is tied to your obedience. That is one thing that we see out of all the uh, uh, many things that we see out of this. We know that God was pleased that Abraham did not even withhold his only son. There was nothing that Abraham was like, God, this is off limits. There's nothing that where Abraham said that. He laid it all out before the Lord because he said, you know what, what do I have to lose? I'm going to lay this all out before the Lord because if I end up doing my son, killing my son Isaac, I don't know, maybe God will raise him from the dead. He just wanted my obedience. There's so much more that God can do. He could raise him from the dead. I don't know, he could give him another son. There's so much more. We don't know what would have happened, but we do know that Abraham was obedient to the very last moment. And then God blessed him. And God said, I can work with obedience. Sometimes it's all God needs us needs to work with in our, in our heart is our obedience. Is being obedient to what he's called us to do. Being obedient in our sacrificing. Being obedient in, in what God is asking us to lay down. There may be things in your life where God is calling you, has been asking you to lay this down for years and years and years. And you're still trying to hold on to it. And God's saying, just lay it down. There's blessing in your obedience. If we just lay it down, there's blessing in our obedience. And um, <clears throat> says the angel told the angel says because you have obeyed me I and not withheld your son I swear by my name I will bless you and your descendants will be beyond the number like the stars in the sky so when you look up at the sky Abraham he's looking up and he can see wow okay God you are faithful I don't know how you're going to do this but you are going to do this and I think that it's just I love the story because it really shows who God is, and it really shows. I mean, there are some crazy things that God asked people to do in the Old Testament. I mean, I I love, I personally love reading the Old Testament. Sometimes um, I just, uh, I, I sometimes I know, like, I know the Gospels are very important, and, and I love reading about Jesus, but I also love to remind myself how big God is, because he did some really crazy stuff in the Old Testament. Stopping the sun for Joshua, parting the Red Sea, um, he, you know, the, I mean, there, you could go on and on and on about the big things that God does. But this story, when you really read it and you really think about it and you really say, okay, what is this story teaching me? It's, basic, it's basically teaching us, are we going to be obedient to the Lord and the things that he asks us to lay down before him? And I think as we go into, Ben, you can come now. I believe as we go into a time of fasting and prayer, there are going to be things where God's going to ask us to lay them down before him. And, and when we truly do, I believe that there are going to be some people that are going to experience freedom. And I believe there are going to be some people that, that 
the, I know for a shadow of a doubt, there's going to be some people where the devil is going to fight tooth and nail over. Tooth and nail. And, you know, I, I, as I was thinking about the fast and everything, and, and I, like, whenever I go into a fast, I fully know that there's going to be pushback. I do. And, um, you know, it's preparing what, what Ryan talked about um, last week or the week before, preparing the armor of God and putting it on our, on our heart and on our mind and, and just really drenching our, our life in the armor of God and knowing that we will have times during this time of fasting and prayer where it's going to feel like it's going to break us or it's going to feel like the enemy's coming at us so hard. But over the past couple of weeks, you know, I've really been, been thinking about who God is and, and as the enemy comes at us, how literally the enemy has no authority. He has no authority to stand up to what God wants to accomplish. And, and you know, the verse where it says that, that God will build his church and not even the gates of hell will, will, will prevail. Do we believe God in that? Do we believe that God's not going to let anything prevail in our life? So when we're going in and knowing we're about to fight a battle, this is a spiritual battle that we may be fighting, but it's going to come at us full force. And I'm saying this not to, not to get us like shaken or anything like that, but I'm saying this for us to, to be prepared and to know that God is much bigger than what the enemy is going to throw at us, that he is much bigger than what he's going to try to do, that he literally has no authority. He literally has no authority that God, that, that God cannot overcome and will not overcome. He will try his best, and he feeds off of weakness and fear. But the thing is, is when we surround ourselves with the power and the love of the Holy Spirit, and when we dig ourselves into the Word of God, we understand and we can grab a hold of verses like this that say, you know what, God, you are faithful no matter what happens. So today, I want us to um, I, I want us to pray, and and obviously, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of that, or hopefully, doing a lot of that uh, corporately as a body of Christ. But I want us to pray because I believe that God's going to lay on your heart today, this morning, about there are things that we need to lay down before the Lord, and um, and things that that we need to fast. There are going to be things that, that we need to fast that, that may come out of left field where we're like, I don't even, I wasn't even thinking that, Lord. But okay. And one thing that we have held so dear in our life is the power of prayer. When we don't know what to do, we pray. And I think that's a good response, obviously, because when you don't know what to do, you pray and you ask the Lord, what do I do here? And so as we begin to go into just a time of worship, if you need prayer um, and in any way, we, we will be up here willing and ready to pray for you. But if we could all just stand 
You know, I like what, what Ryan said a couple weeks ago. He's been saying it for a couple weeks. It gets our bodies moving and flowing and just kind of in that position of response. We can respond seated. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is something about standing in the presence of the Lord and going forth. And so um, if you can, please, you can stand. If you don't want to, that is completely and totally fine. But as we get ready to go in, if you need prayer, we are here. Ryan and I will be up here, and we will be willing to pray for you. We want to pray for you. We want to walk into this um, fast, willing and ready to, to lay it all down. But I ask that during these few moments where we're worshiping, and singing, I ask that you take time and you lay it all before the Lord. If you have not yet, maybe you have. Maybe you've already talked to God about this fast. Maybe you've already been like, okay, yeah, I know this is what I'm doing. I've been thinking about it. I have a good idea of what I'm doing personally. But maybe maybe you haven't, or you, if you have, you just are praying and saying, okay, God, these next 21 days, I want you to, to work and move, and, and I want to be obedient. I want us to get this, church. We need to be obedient to the direction that God wants us to go because I believe that he's going to bless your socks off, and I believe he's going to bless C1 Church for it too because I believe that when you are obedient, not only is God going to bless you, but he's going to bless the people around you. And if you attend C1 Church, guess what? We're the people around you. So let's pray. Let's worship. Let's ask God what he wants us to do.